The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's a look at what February sweeps has in store for your favorite soaps. And can you say Shark to Piranopus five times fast? We'll give you a moment to try while we play the theme music today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, the Kroller Vortex, Dan Kroll. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's discussion about anything and everything soap. We'll be welcoming Richard Sims back to the show for his first appearance of the new year in just a couple of moments. But let me tell you what we're going to be discussing first so you'll know what to expect over the next hour. It seems like just yesterday that we were celebrating the ball drop in Times Square, but now it's already time to start looking ahead at February sweeps. So we're going to be taking a look at what you can expect storyline-wise from all of your favorite soaps coming up. Get ready for some inside dish, and don't worry if you are spoiler-phobic. We're not going to be ruining the experience for you by ruining any surprises. We'll be teasing and telling you what might be coming up ahead. And if there's anything that we need you to put your fingers in your ears, we'll definitely give you a spoiler alert so you won't have to worry about that. It is also an incredibly active time in the world of soaps on the things that are going on off-screen, there's a lot of soap news to discuss, the celebrity babies, comings and goings, and it wouldn't be any fun if there wasn't a little discussion about another filing in the Prospect Park versus ABC lawsuit. So we'll be talking about that as well. We also want to hear from you. What stories have got you glued to your favorite soaps? Who are your favorite characters or your favorite couples? Give us a call. You can chat with us on air. Our toll-free call-in line can be reached at 866 866- 472-5788. Again, that's 866-472-5788. If for some reason you can't call in because a mythic creature from the deep sea has got your tongue, well, you can also follow along with us on Twitter at Soap Central Live or at Soap Central. I'm going to check them both during the show, find out what you guys are saying. I'm also still waiting for one page of notes to print out put it through about an hour ago. It still hasn't printed out. So we'll see if that happens sometime during the course of this show. But in the meantime, we're going to welcome back a friend to the show who hasn't been here since December of 2013, which now sounds like eons ago as we've moved into a whole brand new fun year of 2014. He's the executive editor of Soaps in Depth. He's a prolific tweeter. You can find him at Soaps in Depth ABC, Soaps in Depth CBS, How Rude Are You, uh, Dispatches, there's another one, we'll, we'll come up with that, but let's welcome him back to the show and get our soap discussion started. Richard Sims, welcome back to Soap Central Live. 
You know, it's my goal to be not only a friend of the show, but basically um, the, the, secret lover, the secret <laughs> lover of the show who, who like, I, I want to be on this show more than, like, anyone in the 18-year history. I don't know who holds the title for that, but it is my goal, if I happened already, to knock them off that throne. And then eventually I'll just take you over. So, you know, then, then I'll just push you aside. So that, that's my goal. A- I have a contract that runs through, I believe, 2047 uh, with, <laughs> with Voice America, so I'm not sure. You may have to wait for that, but at least, if you're going to take over the show, at least wait until 2015 after our big 20th anniversary special here on the show. After that, all bets are off. I'm going to retire to the hills somewhere or a secret lair, and you can do whatever you'd like. You're not already in a secret lair? Well, only for the show. I don't want anyone to know quite where I am during the course of the show. <laughs> Afterwards, you know, during the, the rest of the week, you can find me causing trouble at, at many convenience places, uh, some grocery stores, some restaurants around the Philadelphia area. But for this show, for the purpose of this show, we need to make sure that it goes on without a hitch for at least an hour. So I'm in the underground layer. All right. Well, I'm good to go. All right, so let's, I mean, I guess the, the best thing to do, since, it, as I said, this is your first appearance of 2014, how are the first 17 days of 2014 treating you? How's your new year been? You know, I have to say, pretty awesome. I kicked it off. Um, uh, we catered a New Year's Eve event for friends. We, we basically catered dinner for about 25 people, and that was really fun. And we had um, the big Shark Tepronopus debut of the movie up in Rochester. And then we put it on YouTube and we thought, you know, we, we were like, it's going to get like 30 hits. And it's already over 300 hits. Gary is so excited about this. He is my my director, producer, uh, executive editor, special effects guy uh, and we literally we thought you know nobody's really going to be all that interested in this and we keep getting all these emails and stuff from people absolutely loving it begging that there be a sequel it's kind of ridiculously funny let folks know what this is we've mentioned it several times shark to piranapus which we've also tried to say five times fast sometimes with m&ms in the mouth my executive producer has completely uh, tried a totally different pronunciation of it as well but <laughs> tell folks what this is because i've watched it it's hilarious to me but you know i'm biased well I, I i have to admit many of our actors had problems saying the word shark to piranapus as well we had one who kept referring to it as a shark to piranapus so, um, that would be nice. That could be the sequel. You know, the best thing I can say about this is it was something that started out as just, it was going to be like a five-minute little thing done for my household's nieces and nephews. Just, you know, they, they had seen the ads for Sharknado, and they said, you know what, you should make a movie. And when we asked them, what, when we asked Turnip, one of our stars, what it should be about, he said it should be about a shark with piranhas in his mouth and an octopus coming out of his butt. And we said, okay, we can do this. And it was maybe just like this silly five-minute little thing. It was going to have a drawing of a shark to piranapus and, you know, whatever. And over time, being the uncles that the three of us, Charlie, Gary, and I are, we kind of got carried away and ended up making this 20, it's like a 24-minute movie complete with its own love theme. It's got special, we, we, we had a green screen. We have, you know, sharks that make out at one point. It's just... It's just this really silly, really fun. Um, all of the actors in it are are 
members of mostly Gary's family, and it's it's silliness and fun. But I got to say, what really made it special was it was something that really brought the family together. Everybody, we had the premiere up in or in Rochester last weekend. We turned Gary's mother's garage into this like you know this fancy movie theater, and we had about twenty five people over and. Everyone just had such a good time, both with the filming and the debut. And, and I have to say, if you have a family and you have a video camera, just have fun and do something like this because it really was one of the most positive experiences. I mean, we went a little crazy. We ended up spending more than we should have, and Gary spent six months editing it. But it was so much fun, and just it's going to be something that the kids, years from now, they're like, they're like six eight and 11 now, I think. And years from now, they're going to be able to look back at this and be like, I can't believe that our uncles and us did this wild, crazy, silly thing. Unlike most of the Kardashian sisters who look back at some of their videos with probably just a horror. <laughs> yeah, they're probably making a little more money off of theirs than we are, though. I mean, well, I mean I, I'm suspicious. I, I suspect that Kim has made quite a bit of money off of her particular video. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that probably is true, but we're we're in this for the artistic license. We are not in it for the money, right? Aren't we? We are. Does <laughs> I, I anyone, wait, does anyone not getting paid for this appearance? <laughs> we're putting it in an escrow account for the day that <laughs> for the day that you decide that you need to cash out. It's like a little in-house 401k. It's like a 205k. It's something by the like way, that. should anybody you know should anybody want to see Shark to Piranopus? It is on YouTube. Just you know, either send me an email or I mean, uh, hit me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm on um, Soaps and Depth ABC right now. Or send Dan a message, or he'll post the link in the message. The, the chat room or whatever, but you know, if you want to see it, send me a link. I'll be happy to send it to you because it really is something that we're really just. The reaction has been really positive, and you know, it's a labor of love that we're just amazed how people are kind of weirdly embracing. <laughs> we will be tweeting out the link for you so that you don't have to worry about spelling it on our official Twitter page at Soap Central. It will also be in our archives at soapcentral.com slash radio. So if it strikes your mood later that you want to check it out or you think in a couple of days, oh my gosh, I forgot to check it out while they were on the show because I wanted to listen to them instead of watching the video, we will have that link there so you don't have to worry about losing it or uh, typing in Snuffleupagus and getting something completely different because that, oh bird, that is entirely different than shark to piranopus slightly kind of richard i would think it is but we're not entirely sure so we've talked <laughs> about fish we've talked about kardashians uh there's a joke you know in there somewhere about? so uh, we'll get there we're only 11 minutes in we have 56 <laughs> minutes of time to fill we'll, we'll somewhere fit that in there but you had mentioned making Shark to Piranopus and you know thinking that maybe Max you'd get a couple of people who would check it out and I think that for a while soap fans were resigned to the fact that maybe we only had a couple of years left of the soaps that were still on the air and as we come to air we are celebrating the fact that CBS has announced that The Bold and the Beautiful has been renewed through 2015, and The Young and the Restless has been renewed through 2017. ABC typically does not announce the renewal of its soap, so you know we haven't heard anything bad there, so we'll, we'll keep 
our fingers crossed and certainly keep looking at the fact that GH's ratings are up. Days of Our Lives, I'm sure they'll announce sometime soon the status of the show. I don't expect that there'd be any bad news there as well since their ratings are up big time over last year at this time. So what do you think, Richard? What is it about soaps all of a sudden that the ratings are up? They were going down, going down, going down, and now month after month we're getting press releases and we're seeing you know news bulletins that the ratings are gradually going in the other direction well i think it's a combination of things um i mean general hospital has been sort of uh, at the vortex of a perfect storm it's uh, it's gotten a lot of buzz you know thanks to the 50th anniversary and the returns and just you know really creating an environment of excitement where you really every day is kind of something happens every day and you want to tune in plus um when 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 one like with all my children went off the air and federal hospital moved to two o'clock it was it was kind of good for them in a weird way because it it kept all of the soaps at least on the east coast in a block mm-hmm. so you know twelve thirty you have the young and the restless one thirty you have the bold and the beautiful two o'clock you have have general hospital and if if it had stayed in the 3 o'clock zone, and someone was asking me today on Twitter whether I thought it would move back to 3 o'clock now that uh, Katie Couric is canceled, and I don't think it will because it you don't want to break up that soap block. You don't want to have, you know, soaps, even if they're on different networks, you don't want to have soaps from 12.30 to 2 and then have a 2 to 3 gap where talk yeah. shows or something else is on and then try and get people to come back for soaps at 3 o'clock. So I think, I think that's part of it. Um, as far as the renewals, oh, such good news, such, such, such good news. It's worth noting that the reason, people always ask why ABC doesn't renew or talk about renewing General Hospital. The difference is that ABC owns General Hospital, so they don't really renew it. They just keep producing it until they don't want to produce it anymore, whereas all of the other soaps are done by outside production companies that and then licensed by the networks. Um, Sony does The Young and the Restless and Days of Our Lives. Uh, I think I think the Bell Production Company still does uh, The Bold and the Beautiful. So those shows, the networks have to renew each year. They have to, like, basically, you know, like your contract with Voice America Radio, they have to go and they have to negotiate a licensing fee and all that, whereas ABC does not have to because they actually own their shows. Interestingly, that's also why a lot of, you'll see a lot of primetime shows on ABC that may not have the best of ratings, but they continue to stay on the air because they're, they're, oh, like like once upon a time. If it was not an ABC studio show, probably would not still be on the air, but because it's done by ABC studios, it's a lot cheaper for them to do. So, so that's why, you know. For for people who are listening, it's less pie to split up. If you own the pie, you don't have to share it. But when, you know, three people are involved in making the pie, you have less pie. And pie is actually quite tasty. You know what pie annoys me? Boston cream pie. Because Boston cream pie is not actually a pie. It's a cake that wants to be a pie. And I find that, I don't know, I, don't, I, it, I love Boston cream pie, and yet I don't really trust it because it starts right there in the title with a lie. And for me, at the risk of being branded a commie, do we still use that term? But I'm not really fond of apple pie. I'll eat it, but it's one of my least favorite pies. I like cherry pie. I mean, that's American, too. You've got President's Day. I mean... Cherry pie, I think, is the official President's Day pie. I'm not sure. Uh, I also enjoy pumpkin pie, lemon meringue pie, key lime pie. 
You're kind, of a pie, you're kind of a pie whore. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, well, again, this is a family show, so we'll, oh, we'll sorry, let that one go. You're a pie <laughs> hoe. <laughs> uh, yes, I am a pie hoe, and I'm trying to figure out how to segue this back here. When you talk about pies, everybody usually wants a slice, and that is the same for soap fans, they want to make sure that all of their characters get a slice of the soap pie action. Unfortunately, for two bold and the beautiful stars, they will not be seeing any pie action for at least a little while because we found out that Crystal and Lloyd is off over here on the East Coast working on a new musical, and Adam Gregory is on recurring status. So these are two characters that it's interesting. I've been looking to see what people have been saying on Facebook and Twitter when the stories came out and when we were talking about it. And there are some very interesting reactions. For me, you and I were talking on Facebook, Richard. I'd mentioned with Crystal and Lloyd with Daisy leaving. To me, it's like another uh, a tie to Stephanie that's gone. We, we were introduced to the character of Daisy during you know, Stephanie's uh, original battle with cancer and the, with the Skid Row storyline. And now that she's gone, it's sort of like another vestige of, of that character that isn't there, may or may not come back. Who knows with, with the way things work out. And that for me made me kind of sad. You know, I, what made me sad was that it seemed like a real missed opportunity because, you know, Daisy is in this weird position right now where um, because Marcus Battle is off filming a sh- uh, uh, his show in uh, what's it called, Safe, in South Africa, Daisy is sort of, you know, husband-free at the moment. And to me, this seemed like the perfect opportunity to sort of throw her into the mix with, with Carolyn and uh, um, Rick and Maya and Carter and... You know, when the husband is away, that's the perfect time to play to, to play up the character and her connections. So I was sort of disappointed in that. It's weird because BMB does this occasionally where they introduce characters and marry them off, and then they no longer have story. They did that, and that's pretty much what happened with Marcus and uh, and Daisy. You know, they they got married and. Nothing really ever happened for them after that. I thought things would get interesting for them when his brother was brought on and then when Maya was brought on and, and Maya had the past connection to, to Daisy from when they, from, from when she was, you know, when she was homeless. But it never really panned out and I was sorry to see that. Well, let's then talk about the other character with Thomas who I don't know that necessarily has had the biggest story over the years, even when we've had different actors playing the role. But it is always interesting when a show decides to lessen the impact of a core family member. We have a Forrester here, and you know the bold and beautiful, we think of Foresters and Logans and Spencers. So what is it about Thomas that comes out on the, the low end of the Forrester totem pole? For some reason, Thomas is his generation's thorn. You know, it seems like every generation of foresters, there's one who gets no attention. And in this generation, it's, it's uh, Thomas. And by the way, the generation beyond that, it's clearly going to be Felicia's son. You know, Felicia came to visit. I don't think anybody even asked after her son. <laughs> I don't know where he is or what he's doing. But 
you know, Thomas, this is another character that is such a missed opportunity. I mean, let's face it. Adam Gregory is a great looking guy. He's in that, right in that age group that, you know, a lot of the show revolves around. Mm-hmm. It just, they, and they haven't really known what to do with him. I don't understand it. I mean, he, he, they had that great story where he and Brooke were trapped on the island and then the fallout from the blink berries and all that when they, when they took the blink berries that caused hallucinations and did they or didn't they make love. But after that, they really kind of, didn't seem to know exactly what to do with him. He had a little bit of a romance with with Carolyn, and it looked like they were going to put them in a, him in a triangle with Rick, but then that didn't work out. And there's just there's really I don't understand why they have so much I don't understand why they have so much trouble writing for such a, a handsome you know young man who's a major player in the world of Forrester Creations and and the show itself. It's it seems like a a real missed opportunity again. So if that's that, what that the sh- said, I'd like to say, sorry, that <laughs> said, I mean, I'm amazed by, despite these missed opportunities, despite things like this, despite the fact that, you know, Thorne is apparently now, they gave him a daughter and then shipped him off to uh, <laughs> Paris where everybody goes. You know, that's where Ridge is. I mean, that's where Ridge was. That's mm-hmm. where Thomas is. That's where Steffi is. Apparently, you know, they should do a whole spinoff over there. But despite these missing people, I have to say, I think B&B is in such good shape right now. Today's episode, um, and do me a favor, folks, even if you don't usually watch The Bold and the Beautiful, tape it. Uh, it, it you can catch the reruns all weekend on the TV Guide Network or TVGN or whatever it's called now. Um, tape today's episode and watch it because it is an example of just a darn near flawless script. It's just fun and fantastic, great dialogue, fun stuff for Torsten Kay and Don Diamond and really nice dramatic stuff for Catherine Kelly Lang and Heather Tom. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a great soap in a great episode. And even if you don't usually watch the show, I think you'll really enjoy it. So let's quickly then talk about, we've talked about what they won't be writing, who they will not be writing for on The Bold and the Beautiful as we move ahead. Let's talk about some of the stories that the show is setting up for its February sweeps period. A lot of people, they were talking about it last week during the show, uh, a lot of people want to see what's going to happen between the new ridge, whether we want to call them new ridge or not, but ridge and Katie. And I'd imagine that the uh, BNB is really going to have some of that stuff play out in February when every ratings point matters. Huge. And the, the interesting thing to me about BNB is uh, we always go to them for February sweeps, you know, to get the teasers and things for our February sweeps issues. And it's almost difficult getting them because B&B is not a show that really does sweep stunts. You know, the show pretty much is the same year mm-hmm. round. And that's because while sweeps are very important here, sweeps aren't important outside of this country. And B&B is a show that's, you know, internationally distributed. It's huge, huge. all around the world. So sweeps really aren't a huge deal for them. But you're right. We, we really started seeing it. They've done a great job where a lot of soaps would just throw Katie and Ridge into bed and that would be it. B&B has done a wonderful job of having scenes between them, you know, for the last couple weeks, and they make such a big deal out of the littlest thing. Like, at the end of an episode the other day, Ridge was comforting Katie and saying, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're better than this, you deserve better, and he touched her arm. It was a little thing. It was just a touch on the arm, and yet it, the way they played it and the music and 
They cut back to his, his hand on her arm several times. It was a huge emotional thing, and that's something that B&B does really well. That is going to be a very big deal in the, in the month of February, is the Bill, Katie, Ridge, uh, Brooke, story. Another big story will will be, you know, Ridge's impact isn't just on their personal lives, it's also on the future of Forrester, and we're seeing that play out as well with, you know, Rick is not particularly thrilled to have Ridge back, and that makes sense because Rick and Ridge have always had um, sort of a bad history, and it's been amplified now that Rick is in charge at Forrester Creations. You know, here comes Big Brother Ridge, and he thinks he's just going to walk in after a year away and take things back over. The other big thing going on is, of course, with Liam and Hope and Steffi, uh, not Steffi, Liam, Hope, Wyatt, in that, you know, the secret is out there that that Wyatt actually had something to do with the jewelry heist. And Charlie knows it, but Quinn kept him from saying anything. But, that, you know, that secret has a shelf life, and sooner or later it's going to come out. And the question is, how far will Liam or will Wyatt and Hope have gone in their relationship before it does come out, and what will be the aftermath when it does? Because, you know, secrets, they come out, and and this one definitely will be coming out. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we talked about last week on the show is that we're not going to go into certain details about things of which we do not know firsthand. I do want to talk about, as we move to the young and the restless, more than... Any of the other decisions and things that are going on with it, I want to talk specifically, in your opinion, about the decision by the Young and the Restless to have the characters of Billy and Adam to have their portrayers exit the canvas on the same day. We're not going to discuss, for those of you out there who are listening, we're not going to discuss any of the other outside factors. We're just going to specifically talk story decision. Do you think, Richard, knowing of all the things that go on on soaps and all the things we've seen over the years gone by, what do you make of the decision to have two characters that have incredibly large fan bases to have them take a temporary leave from the canvas on the same day before at least one of them is brought back a couple of days later with a new actor in the role. We don't know about the other one just yet. It's very interesting to have two main characters leave on the same day, but when they're not, think, you know, a, a couple. I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, let's face it. I'm looking at it as, you know, we're ripping the Band-Aid off. Why drag this out? We're going to lose two of our most popular actors. Might as well do it at the same time. You know, especially since their story is so linked together, and that is how they exit. You know, the, this this story, mm-hmm. um, which kind of comes to a head just before uh, February sweeps starts. It might it might still be going on a little bit in the tone, but you know, the pieces are starting to fall into place. Billy is starting to realize, wait a minute, why is Adam doing this, that, and the other thing? Why is Adam in such a hurry to get out of town? And it's all going to build to a huge climax. And that, to me, makes it is a sensible point to sort of say, okay, let's you know take these, let's take both these characters, build them to a climax, play the play the big scene, and then we'll you know we'll we'll have them exit the canvas. And you're right; it's only like a day or two before David Tom steps in to take over the role of Billy. And one of the other things they've done a really good job of is. They've, they've sort of created a situation where they're able to deflect our attention. 
Um, I remember reading a long time ago, I was reading about the movie Psycho, and there's a very famous scene in Psycho where um, he goes up into the, okay, spoiler alert, I'm going to ruin the end of Psycho for you. <laughs> he, goes, he goes up into the attic and he like twirls the chair around him, and as he's twirling it around, he hits the light and the light begins swinging back and forth, and that's when we see you know, the the skeleton of the mother with the wig on. Well, the reason they filmed it that way was they didn't want you looking too closely at the skeleton because it might, you know, not, it might not look as good if you looked too close at it. And the light swinging distracts your eye. And and that's sort of what we're doing here is we're, we're going to distract you from the fact that, that these two big actors are leaving by making sure it's at a really big point in the story where Chelsea and Chloe and all of the other people who are going to be caught up in this are at are at big dramatic points as well, and you're going to be really interested to see how the fallout of this impacts them. It's also one of the reasons that they've sort of been, you know, they've been playing a lot more of both uh, Billy with with Kelly and Stitch with Victoria, and that's because you know, let's say that when David Tom steps into the role. Maybe things don't, don't maybe, maybe he and uh, Amelia Heinley don't have the same chemistry that Billy, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Miller and her did. Well, we've seen in the last couple of weeks that, man, do Sean Kerrigan, who plays Stitch, and Amelia Heinley, who plays Victoria, they have great chemistry. So they've clearly been doing a chemistry test over the last few weeks to see how it works. So what's great here is as this story comes to a head, as these two characters exit the canvas, we're really well positioned to sort of shake up this quadrant of the canvas and see how things sort out. And that's what I think is going to be really interesting to watch during February on YNR. And the good thing about it is we don't really have to worry about the Young and the Restless's future, so to speak, until 2017. So we've got plenty of time for everything to shake out and have some other stories and who knows what we'll be talking about. Gosh, can you imagine doing a, a February Sweeps 2017 preview? That seems like crazy future cult leader talk. You know, honestly, I can't help but wonder if renewing it through 2017, which is an unusual move. They, you know, that, that was unusual that they only moved, they only renewed BMB for a year, which, by the way, there's no reason to be worried about BMB, even though they only got the one-year renewal and YNR got the longer renewal, because, you know, like I said, BMB is so widely distributed around the world, uh, it's going to be around for a long time. But I and wonder there's more if, working parts. There's more working parts for the right. young and the rest where they probably well, don't. Well, I also to wondered if I also wondered if this was you know sort of a show of of faith by the network. And I'm just guessing here, but you know, there's a lot of viewers out there who are like worried because you know in the last year they lost Michelle Stafford, they lost uh, Billy Miller, they're losing, they're, you know, they've lost some big players. And maybe this is a show of support on the side of the network saying, you know, listen, guys, we have complete faith. This show is not going anywhere. You know. Just a guess, but it seems it's, you know, it's, it's, it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, we're also hearing that there is a strong showing of support by NBC for Days of Our Lives, which ironically is already taping episodes for 2017. Uh, so hopefully they won't be canceled before then. Uh, but in Days of Our Lives, we had a really big shakeup on screen with Guy Wilson taking over the role of Will Horton. And it's been interesting for me to see how fans are reacting, to see whether people were invested in a particular pairing, Wilson, uh, because of an actor or if they're in it for the characters. And that always surprises me when 
people are say that they're no longer interested in a particular pairing because it's a different actor. That to me seems sort of counterproductive. I'm torn on this one, to be oh. honest, because because I understand both sides. I mean, I am a very big fan of, of Will and Sonny. I, I think they're a great couple. I love the way the show has written them over the last few years. But I will admit, I, you know, as, as the, the new guy stepping in had big shoes to fill, it was very jarring seeing, you know, someone that wasn't uh, our beloved Chandler Massey playing the part. And... And it did a little bit impact me, which I didn't expect. I really thought, you know, because I've been a soap viewer and a soap fan for so many years and, and, you know, covering them for so long, I thought I'd just be like, okay, you know, it's a new actor stepping into the role. I'm used to this. But it was very jarring for me, and I don't know why. Um, uh, it's a, So I, I, I kind of understand. I'm not, you know, we all know, everybody who knows, who follows me on Twitter or interacts with me at all knows, I'm not one of those people who is a single couple shipper or, you know, really much of a single actor shipper or anything, but it has been, it has been a jarring transition for me. So what do you think that will pretend for days of our lives? We mentioned that with the changing of Billy's on the young and the restless, the show has already been potentially setting up the chemistry tests to make some couple changes to maybe mix things up. What do you do if you're an NBC person, you're a Days of Our Lives exec, you've already written shows for the next four or five months, and you're finding out that maybe fans aren't taking to a new actor in a role, and you haven't maybe accounted for that in your writing? What I mean, We're not saying that that's necessarily going to be the case. I just... What I have been, that, that has been that has been a question that I've had, you know, long before this recast. Uh, you know, anytime you bring a new character on or a new actor um, on a show like Days of Our Lives that is filming so far in advance, you know, what do you do if if it turns out that the new character or the new actor is not working? You're stuck with them for four months. You know, I mean, you can't go back. If you're a show that's only filming two or three weeks ahead, you can go back and you can, like, in in the case of an emergency, you could go back and you could edit some scenes out, you know, bring in a new actor, and you've only done a couple weeks of, of, of damage. But with Days of Our Lives, you better be darn sure that what you're doing is working because you're stuck with it for the next four months. Um, the earliest, you know, it's going to be four months from now before you can change something. Um, what I will say is that Days of Our Lives has been really... You know, I, it was not, I've said it before, up until about a year ago, it was not a show I was really a huge fan of. You know, I mean, I watched it, but it wasn't my show. Now, I am such a day's cheerleader. I can't tell you how many people I've convinced to watch Days of Our Lives. They've all thanked me for it because it's just in such good shape. I think the good news is that even if, for whatever reason, fans don't end up taking to um, to to the the new actor, and I think they will. I think it just takes a little time to get used to a new actor. But it, worst case scenario, even if they don't, there is so much other good stuff on the show that I don't think it really hurts the show long term. You know, um, you can have a bad a, you can have a bad corner of the canvas if everything on your canvas is working. So I think right now, knock wood, and I hope I'm not jinxing them by saying this, but I think the show is darn near. 
you know, in, 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 indestructible because look at some of the stuff that has happened. I mean, with Peter Ruckel leaving, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's just been so many things. Uh, Eileen Davidson leaving. There have been so many things that could have derailed the Days of Our Lives Express, and it hasn't happened. So uh, because because the show is so good overall that little bumps in the road don't necessarily derail the whole train. And if you are a fan of Eileen Davidson, we'll be having her on Soap Central Live in the weeks ahead. Stay tuned for an exact date. We're trying to work out her schedule. But for Days of Our Lives fans, what do you think are going to be some of the stories that they're talking about in February sweeps? I know I happen to be looking forward to friend of the show, Chriselle Staus, and finding out more about Jordan and what this character is and who are these people from the past and is she who she says she is and why yeah i, I I'll let's just be honest i'm still having a hard time adjusting to the fact that she is now off the market she's dating someone she may get her own hashtag with justin hartley i'm holding I, i'm on sorry to let me interrupt you no shh, shh, shh. she's not just dating someone i mean they are they are the most gorgeous couple on the planet I mean, Grishel Stouts and Justin Hartley, I, 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 if I ever run into them, I, I'm terrified that I will be sucked into the black hole that their combined beauty would naturally create oh, for like, God. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're just too beautiful. It's scary. Like I said, I'm still slightly bitter that potentially they'll get their own hashtag and it will eventually usurp our Crochelle Emmy hashtag smush name that we've come up with, but I will, I will fight through this. I will. I totally move on. interrupted your joke there. Look at that. I was no, so determined no, to make no. my own joke that I totally tend to. It's not a Dan. Who show no, is this? <laughs> no, it's 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 not. A, it's very sad for me. It's it's very sad. But I will. You know what? Here's what's awesome about the the not only the unfolding of Jordan's story, but this has been true of. Ever since Greg Vaughn stepped in as Eric, this is true of Days of Our Lives as a whole. Um, some shows that, you know, General Hospital, are very determined to move at a breakneck pace. And it works for them. That's great. Mm-hmm. What Days of Our Lives has found incredible success with is, I mean, honestly, their stories are kind of slow moving. You know, like Jordan's been on the cameras so for a long time, and dead. we still don't know her secret. And it's wonderful. The sense of suspense, the, 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 the way the story unfolds. I mean, you know, right now, Eric and Nicole are being held hostage, and this is bringing some of their old feelings to the, to the surface. And had they just brought Eric on the show as a priest, and then two weeks later had him, you know, defrocked, and you can take that however you want to take it, it wouldn't have had a huge emotional impact. But the fact is, we've watched Eric and Nicole work together. We watched them fight. We've watched her fight her feelings for him. We watched all of this unfold. And so now, as his, he's starting to accept that, wow, maybe I do have feelings, and I've devoted myself to God, and how does that impact everything? It, it's, it's got so much more emotional resonance. And the same is true of Jordan's story with Kate and Rafe, and you know, Stefano is about to be thrown into that story again um, in a very interesting way. So because we've watched these stories unfold at a, at a really great pace where we've gotten to know the characters and we really have gotten to marinate in their story, it has so much more impact. Well, that's a vestige of soaps gone by. I think one of the reasons that 
the soaps had gone away from doing that, there was a point in time where they would bring on a character and someone could skulk around in the shadows for months without even having a line. But when budgets became an issue, there was more of an uh, of a, a need that if you're paying someone big bucks to be part of the show, you better use them. And a lot of times, newcomers got thrust into the storylines, whether we wanted them to or not. And all of a sudden, there were newcomers that were on the screen more than veterans. I think whether it was by design or just sort of by happenstance, Days of Our Lives has stumbled back into that old formula where – you know, you're given time to care about something. You're given time to uh, accept the fact that there's a character there, and the storyline is slow building. You, you know, you'd mentioned it was sort of slow, but it's slow and steady to the point where, yes, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think when you do that, it, as I said, it gives people time to to care about something that's happening, but it also builds the curiosity of, okay, you know, this, this character is too good to be true. She's got to be hiding something or, uh, you know, uh, let people try to come up with their own scenarios before you, you make it completely obvious that this is the direction that we're going in. And I think that Days has really, really had success with that. And, you know, we mentioned the four-month time differential. I don't know if it's been lucky or if they really, really know what they're doing and have – this is a, a conscious effort, but they've really been striking gold. Honestly, I really think they know what they're doing. And I think, you know, going back to the whole thing of, of when you introduce a new character and, you know, the, the budgets, I think it has less to do with budgets in that, than it does that, you know, however long ago, let's say 10 years ago, when Soap started really taking hits in the ratings. I think a lot of very scared executives and a lot of very scared people behind the scenes said, okay, we don't have time to take the time and tell stories anymore. If you take your time, people are going to look away. They're going to flip the channel. They're going to go somewhere else. We need to move. We need everything to move. We need stories. You know, we need to, to, to really dive in and tell the story. And I think that over time, we sort of got used to that as soap fans, and we forgot the glory days of when, you know, a secret would be kept for five years or ten years. You know, you mm-hmm. think of, like, Philip Spaulding's paternity and how that took forever to come out, but but it, every time it looked like it was going to come out, it took a new twist or a new turn. And we don't see a lot of that anymore, and we are seeing it now. And, and it's it's I really believe that a big part of it is that the folks at Days of Our Lives are doing something that isn't done very often on soaps, modern soaps, and that is long-term story planning. You know, I think that's so crucial to telling the kind of story that they're telling, uh, is, is saying, is having faith in what you're doing, having faith in the story you're telling, and, you know, knowing that you're telling a good story, because they're also taking risks. I mean, having EJ and Abby sleep together last week, huge risk. You know, uh, obviously, huge, obviously, huge. Obviously, EJ Sammy fans, which is a very big fan base, were were very ticked off about it. But it was also a great story that made sense. It made sense in that, you know, Abby has a history of being chasing after older men. Look at the Austin fiasco from a few years ago. EJ's needs were not getting met by Sammy, and this has been going on for a while. And they've made a story point of it, like you know, how long do you think I'm going to let you sleep in another room and all this? So. On the one hand, it seemed like it came out of nowhere. On the other, if you looked back at it, they've played EJ and Abby and this, like, friendship with some weird chemistry between them for over a year. So it really, really weirdly made sense. 
And clearly the writers have faith that, that, you know, yes, EJ Sammy fans, this is a bump in the road and you're gonna, you're not, you're probably not gonna like it. But it's also great classic soap story, you know, a, a couple that doesn't face this kind of thing is boring. Classic soaps. When people think of classic soaps, they also think of primetime soaps. And as we have been on the air, we have learned from Entertainment Weekly that Knott's Landing star Donna Mills has joined the cast of General Hospital in a to-be-announced big, huge character role. So let's discuss this. What do we think? It's just hot off the presses. Just hot off the press. See, that's why I like a live show. We can talk about things, well, live. So well, let's okay. discuss. Everybody knows that Knott's Landing is my all-time favorite primetime soap. I have loved many a primetime soap in my day, but Knott's Landing, if I was stranded on an island and could only have DVDs of one show that I would have to watch over and over and over for all infinity, I would pick Knott's Landing. For one thing, it has like... 370 episodes, so, so I would cycle through them very slowly. But it was also just, you know, especially during its great years, like the Wolfbridge story and stuff like that, it was it was the best plotted show out there. And Donna Mills, I mean, Lord, she's sort of up there with Morgan Fairchild and, and women like that who were, you know, the icons of that era in, in primetime soaps, you know, uh, uh, so, so the fact that she's coming up—that's amazing. That's so cool. I'm so glad to hear that. They will not reveal surprise who she's playing, but Entertainment Weekly says that it is a new character, and the actress in her new role on GH isn't expected to start airing until the end of February. So let's just speculate on air about. Things that could possibly do we think that maybe she'll be tied in with the return of Victor Cassidyne? Do we think that we'll be on to a completely different story by then? Will she be Sabrina's baby? I mean, who, who will she be? Let's let's try to figure it out. Well, I'll tell you what I know. Um, we do know that that the Cassidyne, uh, Victor Cassidyne is going to play a huge role in February Sweets. You know, remember, remember, uh, Ron Carlabody tweeted that a while back that he was disappointed that, uh, uh, Tristan Rogers was leaving the show because it meant he had to rewrite sort of the big, Fe- parts of the big February story. Mm-hmm. Well, the big February story involves Victor Cassidyne and his return. Oh, by the way, do not miss, uh, Monday's episode of GH because that is when they are announcing who the new chief of staff at General Hospital uh, is, and huh. it's so good. It's such a game changer, and it's so cool, and I, I'm so excited about it. So make sure you see that. Um, but that is going to be one of the big stories of February Sweeps is Victor's return and how he plays into it. And that is sort of the second place that my mind went to when you said Donna Mills. The other place that it went to immediately was that, you know, Donna Mills, in a certain way, bears sort of a resemblance to Maura West. Now, we already know that mm. Delia, Delia Ryan from Ryan's Hope, is supposed to be uh, uh, Ava's mother, but maybe there's something to that. The other possible... Oh, no. Oh, my God. I know exactly who she's playing. <laughs> I know exactly who she's playing. It who just, is she it just, playing? Well, who has there been a lot of talk about that we haven't met? 
the the Silas family. Silas's wife, Nina. And one of the things that Silas said was that when she went into the coma, and I found this a little bizarre and a bit of a stretch, but supposedly when she went into the coma, he never saw her after that because the family kept him away from her. Well, suddenly... So that means, and, and I, let's face it, I think we all know that Nina is eventually going to wake up and come out of that coma and, <laughs> and show up in Port Charles. Wouldn't it make sense for uh, for uh, Donna Mills to be playing Nina's mother? I bet that's exactly who she's playing. I would, I will bet you $10 in a Boston cream pie that she's playing <laughs> Nina's mother. Great. Throw in the, the pie that's not really a pie. Great. That's just <laughs> what I want. I like when things go circular. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it should be really interesting. But we don't. Let's let's go to the others. We talked about some of this last week, but we'll we'll circle back and and try to loop it in as well. So Donna Mills, we have Shirley Jones popping up in in February. I think mid February. Maybe it's early. I, I can't put the the weeks together in my head. You know, there was talk about William Shatner. There are always rumors about other former stars from other shows joining the cast. I mean, there's there's a lot of star power on GH. How do we think that everybody vies for the spotlight? How do you make sure that everybody's going to have their, their turn in the sun? Well, I think a lot of these people are coming on in short-term roles. You know, like, like Shirley uh, Jones is just coming on for a very short-term role. Uh, you know, I'm, I, if William Shatner comes on, which if William Shatner comes on, which would be kind of awesome, then, you know, that would mean, that would mean, you, they're not going to bring him on long-term. He would only be on for a short-term as well. So it's sort of a flashback to the glory days of stunt casting in a way. It's just a matter of how, how, you know, I think that's the kind of thing that has to be used a little bit sparingly. So you don't, you know, you don't want to have a stunt cast coming on every day. But if you've got an actor, a Donna Mills or a William Shatner or a Shirley Jones, who's willing to come on and do a part, and you have a part that you're going to cast that's four or five days, why not? You know, bring them on. Uh, you get a little bit of publicity out of it, and and it's fun for the audience. It's also worth noting that we're building toward, this has been the 50th anniversary of GH. And that's kind of, you know, it'll be interesting to see. They came in with a bang. They've been telling big stories all year. Mm-hmm. Will they, you know, want to do something sort of big to mark the end of the 50th anniversary? It also brings up the question of, will they bring the nurses ball back again? You know, we're right around the time where we have to start thinking about that because, you know, I think it was, what, April or May of, I guess it was May sweeps last year that we did the nurses ball. So even though it seems like, you know, it seems like the nurses ball just happened a while ago, it's not really, it's, it's coming up on a year or so. You say out with a bang. How about this? They blow up the hospital for the end of the 50th anniversary, and the nurse's ball comes back to raise money to build a new hospital for the 51st anniversary. There you go. There's your... Interesting theory. Interesting theory. I, I, that sounds more like something that would happen on Hollyoaks than on General Hospital. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm just putting it out there in case anybody needs any ideas. I'm sure they don't, but it's never stopped me from being unsolicited as well. I'm trying to think in some of the time that we have left, since we just need to talk a little bit more about General Hospital, there is some other real-life news that Soaps in Depth reported. Another. We did? Who knows? I'm just, I'm on the internet. There's been another injury for someone on General Hospital who has had an injury before. What is going on? 
you know, oh, okay, this is going to be horrible. I can't pronounce her last name for the life of me. Let's <laughs> say it's Tebowd. I believe it's Tebowd. Okay, well, Kelly, Kelly Tebowd, who plays, Kelly who, plays who plays Brit, she actually jokes to us that she needs to be handcuffed in place because that way she will stop breaking bones. She, she's just, I don't know if she's just naturally klutzy or you'll remember that last year, right around the time of the nurse's ball, she, uh, I believe broke her leg and they had to explain it by having, they basically implied that Frisco sort of pushed her yes. on the ice. I mean, they didn't come right out and say it, but they sort of heavily implied it. Right now, we don't know whether this will be written in or not, but she had, I believe it was a skateboarding <laughs> incident and and broke her arm. So, oh, you know, she's, just, she's, she's apparently a very klutzy girl. Uh, and, you know, well, we didn't talk about it with Days of Our Lives. Sean Christian also had an injury. He took an elbow to the mouth. So we're talking about the Days of Our Lives uh, time gap. By midsummer or by early summer, we're going to be seeing Daniel with potentially stitches in his face. But, you know, because they, they tape so bad, there's, there's a lot of uh, uh, injuries going on in the world of soaps, it seems, lately. Oh, but better news. Let's, let's, you know, better news, and this could impact General Hospital in the long term, is, well, as you know, um, Kirsten Storms had her baby. Kirsten Storms yes. and, uh, and Brendan Barash had their baby. And, uh, and so Maxie will be coming back on the screen in March and we'll find out exactly, you know, where she was and how that impacted her. And it'll be interesting because they certainly chemistry tested her with Detective Sexy Pants, as I like to call the new guy Nathan. Um, they certainly chemistry, t- they've been chemistry testing him all over. They tested him with Lulu. They tested him with, uh, Maxie. It's fun to watch them sort of figure out where he's going to fit. But also, uh, Bradford Anderson, who recently left the role of Spinelli, announced mm-hmm. that he and his wife are expecting again. And, you know, I can't help think that if I was a, you know, father-to-be again, and, uh, you know, that I, and I thought, uh-oh, you know, I better make sure I have a good steady income coming in. Who knows? Maybe this will, you know, maybe this will be the uh, the impetus for him coming back, which would be awesome because I really felt the way they ended Maxine Spinelli's goodbye left me wanting a lot more of Maxine Spinelli. I mean, well, it, he, I know he was going off to be with Ellie, but come on. <laughs> no, he can't be impetus if he's having a baby. Oh, Lord, the infamous Dan Kroll pun machine just rolled right over oh, me. I- had to do something because we only have two minutes left. So I have to let you give an opportunity for folks to know how they can find you on the internet and stalk you at your various accounts. Let them have it. Uh, pretty much, if you go on the internet, you're going to find me. <laughs> I, I see, I'm pretty sure that I'm responsible for like 92% of Twitter. Um, you can find my personal account at How Rude Are You. I talk about Disney at Mellow Mickey. I talk about my love of. Uh, cruising of the cruise ship variety on Cruise First. I uh, my person. I talk about primetime TV on Dispatches FTC. That's when you were trying to remember it. Dispatches from the couch. Dispatches FTC. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/trelfie. T R A L F I E. You can also find the magazine because you know that's that's sort of something we should mention at uh, on Twitter at Soaps and Depths. ABC and Soaps in Depth CBS, and you can find them at the magazine's website at Soaps in Depth, uh, no, Facebook.com slash Soaps in Depth ABC or slash Soaps in Depth CBS, and finally at SoapsInDepth.com. 
With a I lot am of everywhere. <laughs> and if you've missed any of those or you missed any part of the show or you just want to check it out again, you can always go over to our official show page at SoapCentral.com slash radio. It is the place to find any of our past episodes. I believe we're up to 215 now, so there's plenty of hours for you to listen to. You can listen to any of the shows for free on demand or download them. You can also download them for free on iTunes in the podcast section. Just look for Soap Central Live. Now, coming up next week on Friday, January 24th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, we have former Port Charles star Rib Hillis. He's going to be here with his real-life wife, an award-winning ballroom champion, Elena Grinyenko. They'll be talking about their new project. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Alicia Minshew and Sarah Brown will be here in a couple of weeks to talk about Beacon Hill, the series. That's going to be a palooza all of its own. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. I want to thank everybody for listening. You can check us out at SoapCentral.com. You can follow me, if so you desire, to talk about pie at Dan J. Kroll. The official Soap Central Twitter account is at Soap Central. We'll be back here next Friday at the same time, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.